Are you interested in making your own podcast? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You guys can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And in fact, I'm using Anchor and I love it. If you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everyone, how are you guys doing? This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the podcast. Today is Wednesday, May 27th. This is episode 929. And we're going to talk today about a lot of things, but I'm going to focus on Christians in the age of Corona. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So lots going on, you guys. Uh, I hope that you're doing well. I continue to pray for you. I thank you so much for praying for our family and for the ministry here at Firmly Planted Family. Uh, We opened the coffee shop, The Raft, at the Homeschool Resource Center, and we've had lots and lots of people coming by to get a cup of coffee and ask questions about homeschooling. I know a lot of you have questions about homeschooling, and so if that's you and you're listening to this and you're thinking, I might have to take my child out out of school, then go ahead and check it out at learnathome.today. We're continuing to put new videos up there. Also, I have recorded a series of videos on how to choose curriculum over at my Instagram page. And so lots of information coming out. I'm going to encourage you like I always do. Your children are your responsibility. Educating them is your responsibility. All of these, uh, all of these things that are coming at us right now, I think are really highlighting, I hope at least they are, the responsibility of parents to steward the education of their children and to guide them, as the Bible says, into all truth and righteousness. There's a couple of things I want to get to today. I'm going to focus on Christianity in the age of the coronavirus because I'm seeing all kinds of articles now coming out, uh, you know, lots of different opinions about how churches should handle this, how pastors should handle it. And I've been pretty clear about how I feel about it, but I want to focus on a couple things that I think are coming out from some outlets, frankly, that is surprising me. Um, But I want to talk about it. Before I do that, though, I was thinking a little bit about just ways to encourage you from a place of fear and frustration. And I know that even though we're trying sometimes to, we're trying to not focus on Corona or trying to focus, you know, on something besides the lockdown, but every day you turn on the news and it's, you know, coronavirus 24 seven, right? And even though we try, uh, we can't get away from it, right? The day's news reminds us that we just cannot escape the evil that's around us. The headlines remind us that there's suffering in the world. And I have met mothers who tell me that they are absolutely done having children because they're fearful about the future. And I get it. It's tempting to become cynical and fearful. Our flesh groans under the weight of everything that we're experiencing right now. And I sometimes wonder why Jesus doesn't come back and just sort it all out. When are you going to return, Lord? Why are you delaying? And if you're struggling with the timing of God, lean in, you guys. God is not in a hurry. His timetable has already been determined so that his faithfulness can be proclaimed to all generations. The Bible teaches us that he wants to be known by the generations. And so while we wait for an answer to this, while we wait for healing, while we're in the midst of waiting, 
If you're struggling, uh, understand that God is saying that while we wait, he wants us to trust him. While we wait, we have an opportunity to be a light to the world around us, to offer hope, to point people to the healer, to speak light into the darkness, to, to speak truth into lies. And Peter warned us that we would be mocked about the coming of the Lord Jesus. I, I posted on Facebook the other day that my hope is not in a president. And it's certainly not in a vaccine. My hope is that I'm just passing through. I'm going to heaven. I'm on my way home to my eternal home. I'm a soul that is uh, temporarily living inside of a very temporary tent, the body that God has given me, right? But then I saw people get on my Facebook page and mock me for believing in the second coming of the Lord. You know, what's what's happened to the promise of his coming, right? This is out of 2 Peter 3, uh, verse 4. The disciples were mocked for talking about the Lord and his, and his uh, return. So you guys can trust the Lord. There's a very good reason for the Lord's delay. And the reason that the Lord has not come already is simple. He is giving us more time to repent. And so while we wait for his return, let's make him known first to our children and then to a weary world. Jesus is our hope and he is worth waiting for. And in the midst of this, in the midst of everything that's happening around us, and we are surrounded right now uh, by uh, differing opinions and we're surrounded by division, division within the church. It's very troubling to me. And I've been talking a lot about it over on social media. And there was an article that was posted at the Gospel Coalition on the 15th of May. And I'll link back to it uh, in the in the show notes today. But I, I really took exception to it. Um, I totally agree to the first part, so I'll read it to you. It says, for church leaders and elder boards everywhere, the last few months have presented a near constant array of complex challenges related to shepherding a church during the COVID-19 pandemic. The latest complex challenge is perhaps the trickiest yet, how to prudently resume in-person gatherings. As if all the logistical details weren't challenging enough, how to maintain social distance and limit crowd size, whether or not to wear masks, whether or not to sing, what to do with our children, and so on. The whole conversation is fraught with the potential for division. I absolutely agreed with him. I was like, yeah, you right, you right. Then he went on to say, if a congregation and within it a leadership team uh, is at all a microcosm of our larger society, it will likely contain a broad assortment of strongly held convictions. Some will be eager to meet in person and impatient to wait much longer to get back to normal. Others will insist it's unwise to meet until there's a vaccine and plenty will fall somewhere in between. In such a precarious and polarizing environment, how can churches move forward in unity rather than ugly division? It won't be easy. But by God's grace and the power of the Holy Spirit working to unify us in ways our flesh resists, the opportunity is there for us to be a countercultural model for the rest of the world. So I'm totally trapped. I'm like, I'm reading this and I'm like, yeah, you right. You know, preach it. Yes, we want to be, uh, we want to be unified in as much as it's humanly possible because I, I do believe that good people can disagree. And now here's where the, the article really sort of chapped my hide. Uh, he says, at a time when self-idolatry is being exposed in ugly ways, the church has an opportunity to model love that places the interests of others above the self. 
For example, someone might find it personally difficult, even maddening, to have to wear a mask during church and stay six feet away from everyone at all times. You might think these precautions are needless overreaction, but here's the thing. Even if it turns out you're right, can you not sacrifice your ideal for a season out of love for others who believe the precautions are necessary. Even if some of you personally think it's silly or even cowardly for someone to stay home, even after the church is open again on Sundays, can you not heed Paul's wisdom in Romans chapter 14? Let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. Or 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9, be careful, however, your freedom does not become a stumbling block to the weak. All right, so I'm going to I'm going to unpack this just a little bit because this is where I I am very I am very frustrated. Uh, he says self idolatry is being exposed in ugly ways in the church, and I I'm looking. You know, I looked at their article on this. You know, the self idolatry of the guy who's hoarding toilet paper and you know blah 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 blah. But the thing that bothers me is, and this is what this is what's frustrating me. It is not wrong to question what's happening around you. It is not, you are not being idolatrous by saying this, what we're doing is wrong. Wearing masks is unhealthy. We're, we're noticing things that are wrong in the culture. And I would say that Christians should be able to disagree on these things without the, uh, without the harsh underreactions that we're seeing happening really from pastors across the, the spectrum. He said, our insistence on personal freedom may have been a key factor contributing to the virus's spread. Wow. See, I just completely disagree. And so I think, wow, if the church, if we're going to be Christians in the age of Corona, we have to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. And to me, wisdom means that we open our eyes to what's going on around us and that we use whatever God has given us to speak light into darkness. Because to me and to many other people like me, I, I do not see the lockdown as being the thing that should divide the church. I think the church should be looking out for its members and for other people in the society who are literally losing their livelihoods right now. And so we have a lot other, a lot more things, I guess, to be talking about than whether or not we should be arguing over if we should or we shouldn't wear masks in church and if that is self-idolatry or if it isn't. He went on to say that they also see self-idolatry in our homes during the lockdown. Working from home parents with children might lose patience with their kids, struggling to live selflessly in times of stress and close quarters. Others indulge fear by breathlessly monitoring Twitter or the news, filling our now open calendars, not with acts of service for others, but needlessly scrolling through stressful headlines or screens. And so really what he's doing is he's uh he's giving you a smackdown he's saying listen uh you shouldn't be doing that you should be doing a service for other people instead of being on facebook and the way i see this and obviously there's some wisdom to that right we don't want to be you know getting into a hole where we can't get out and i will tell you i fell into that hole a couple of times and I realized that the way that I stay out of it is by being focused on the Lord. But you can focus on the Lord and not lose sight of what's happening around you. And so absolutely, the quarantine, the pandemic, we are being confronted with uh, a whole lot of things that we're not used to. And yes, it can turn into self-idolatry, but I think we need to be very, very careful not to label somebody as being idolatrous or self-idolatrous simply because they're looking at the situation and 
and they know in their spirit that something is wrong. And they're saying to their pastors, hey, we need to open up our churches. Hey, look, it looks like we're being lied to. The CDC just came out last Wednesday, I believe, and said, oh, no, we were wrong. Uh, The virus doesn't actually, it doesn't spread on surfaces like we thought it did. And so here we've uh, we've made it so that our children can't play on playgrounds. Like here in uh, Washington state, you go to the state park and everything's, you know, uh, taped off. They can't go down the sides. They can't, we know that the sunlight kills it, but see, we're just making this up as we go. And so to me, the patience needs to be uh, with each other. Absolutely. Um, to be careful in how we address each other. We've got to be gentle as does, but what's the other part of that? Wise as a serpent. Is it really wise to give up our freedom? The author of this uh, article said, the quarantine and pandemic have confronted us with realities of our self-idolatry. We see not only the spiritual toll, but also a dire physical toll. Our addiction to personal freedom is making the situation worse. Our addiction? Our, our addiction to personal freedom, uh, that is, I mean, I'm almost speechless at the way that we're taking a situation that literally is robbing us of liberty that could be generational in nature, that could actually see a systemic loss of freedom throughout our nation. And for someone to write an article like this in the name of Christianity that is so tone deaf to what is happening is shocking to me. It's shocking to me. He went on to say, instead of obsessing about when the quarantine will end, what if we consider how we might use the pause to be transformed? Well, that's great. Let's do that. But let's not say that we are addicted to personal freedom because we're looking at what is happening and we realize our freedoms are being taken from us. Men and women died so that we could be free in this country, many of them Christians. And like I said the other day, and I'm going to say it again, I honestly believe that in the time of the Revolutionary War, a lot of the people that are writing articles like this right now would have said, no, we need to stay uh, in subject to King George. We're not going to uh, pick up a weapon and fight for our freedom. You guys shouldn't be addicted to your personal freedom. How short-sighted is this? Christians should be champions of liberty. And yes, our first responsibility is to speak of the truth of the gospel, because when this is all over, we're hopefully we will have heard the message of the gospel and our souls will not be in jeopardy but it is not wrong to value liberty it is not wrong to value liberty and to call it an addiction to personal freedom is a mind numbing to me and so i just want to encourage you today as we consider how we can spur each other on to love and good works which is what the bible instructs us to do how can we be salt and light i would suggest to you that we need not sacrifice our liberty to do it that part of what makes us able to be salt and light part of what has given us the incredible opportunity to grow as a church and have we squandered it absolutely are we complacent you know we are You guys have heard me talk about this for years at the podcast. But the answer to that is not to just throw away our liberty or to shame those of us who see that our liberties are being taken from us and we recognize the preciousness of the gift that we have in the freedom that God has given us. And so to be a Christian to me in the age of Corona is to be gentle as a dove and wise as a serpent. And we need to be wise. This is why I keep having constitutional scholars on the show is just to say to you guys, hey, listen, your liberty matters, your freedom matters. There were good men and women 
who love the Lord, who literally died in the fight for freedom in this nation. And so to be a Christian in the age of Corona is calling us all, I think, to uh, to be critical in our thinking, to be critical thinkers, to be wise about the way that we have the conversation both online and in person. And yes, I am urging uh, pastors to open up their churches. I have so appreciated, in fact, I'm gonna see if I can get Jack Hibbs on the show with me. I have so appreciated the voice of Pastor Jack Hibbs of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, because he has been both wise and gentle and they're taking precautions as they open up their churches. So they're doing the social distancing thing and we can argue all day long about whether or not we think it's necessary. They're offering masks to people, but they're not saying you have to do it. We found a church in Vancouver that opened a couple of weeks ago and my husband and I went with our family and I cried the whole time just to see a pastor with the courage to say, I'm gonna stand up and begin to do what God has called me to do, which is to minister to my flock and they are desperate in need of coming together. And if you're not desperate in need of it and you don't need to go to church, you don't need to, but there are so many people that God has given these pastors the authority and the responsibility to shepherd that need to be in community. The suicide rate is up dramatically. I heard a doctor the other day say it's the highest since the Great Depression. Domestic abuse is up. Depression is up. We need our pastors to be on the job. And so uh, I believe that we have an opportunity to do that right now. I'm going to encourage you to do it. To be both wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove requires the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. We need it now more than we have ever needed it. And although we talk a lot about Uh, conspiracy theories, and we've talked about, uh, you know, whether or not we should be listening to all these theories. You guys have heard me say before, I think it is very, very important that before we let anything sink deep down into our soul, we say, Lord, is this something that I should be concerned about? Is this something that I should be listening to? The Lord will help you. He will help you. And we don't want to obsess over it either. But we also don't want to turn a blind eye to the fact that our constitution is being violated in a hundred different ways. And we need to care about the country that we live in. We should care not just about liberty for some, but liberty for all. And I believe uh, that we have an incredible opportunity right now to be seen as leaders who are wise in their counsel and wise and thoughtful. And I have been so blessed by the pastors who I am seeing step into the gap and say, yes, we are acknowledging that there is an illness. We are acknowledging there's a virus. We're going to go ahead and open our churches and we're going to do it in the safest way that we can. So not being reckless, but getting back to the job of shepherding and caring for the men and women that God has given them charge over. It's very, very important. And I want to encourage you, uh, when you see Christians being shamed for noticing what's going on around us, for realizing that there really is an evil behind the virus, I keep thinking, you know, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, power, love, and a sound mind. And when you see fear and it is rampant, you know that that's not from the Lord. We know that God is not a God of chaos. He's a God of order. It is not from the Lord when you see chaos around you. That's the adversary. And it's not wrong to point it out. So you guys hang in there. I hope that you're joining us over at MomStrong International. Um, If you have not already created an account at All Social, I am making a slow but deliberate 
attempt to build a platform over there. And uh, I hope you guys will join me over at All Social. Also, we love when you leave uh, comments for the podcast. If you've never read my books, Becoming Mom Strong, How to Fight with All That's in You for Your Family and Your Faith, it was written in 2017, probably never been more relevant than it is right now. Uh, it'd be a great way to support this ministry and also to encourage a mom around you who just needs a little bit of help getting off the bench and onto the battlefield. We love you guys. If you've got questions that you want us to address, please shoot them to me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Also love to hear your ideas for a guest. You can do that at the same web link. So check it out, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. We love you guys. We're praying for you. Stay faithful and I'll see you back here on Friday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com. 